Well, good morning, Grace Hills. Hey, I'm glad you're here today. Uh, today's going to be a good day. Uh, I, I'll tell you, I'll just tell you, sometimes when you're a pastor, you can do a uh, sermon and intro comes together and everything works really smooth. And it's like, wow, this is really good. And then there's sometimes where you go and you're like, this, I cannot figure this out at all. And I'm going to tell you, this was one of those sermons that I had a really big challenge with of figuring out like how we were going to get into this and how we we're going to intro this. And I like tried like about 25 different ones and I finally landed on one and I looked at it and I was like, this is terrible. Um, and so we're not even going to do that one. So I'm just going to be really straightforward with you this morning and just tell you where my heart is, where we're coming from, and where we're trying to go. And so big idea of what I really want to accomplish with you today and what we're trying to get at is I want to help you demystify joy in your life demystify joy in your life. I think so many times what we do is we think about joy in um, just a really like mystical way that we, we know about joy. We hear about joy during this season. We believe that we've heard like the great scriptures that like the joy of the Lord is my strength. Like, and we hear all these things about joy, but it seems almost sometimes like this very like mystical, almost magical idea of like, I don't know how I get it. I don't know how I walk in it. I don't know how it transforms my life. Like, I understand that it's good and that it's important and that I should have it. But like, how? How does that actually begin to flow and work in my life? And, and I think that's the challenge for so many of us. And, and I'll be honest, challenge for me is like, I believe these things and I understand it. But how do I begin to find it in my life? And I'll just tell you today that I think, frankly, here, here's what I would say to you is that joy is too important for your life to leave it to chance. And I think that's what we do sometimes because it's this mystical idea that I hope that I will find and I hope that just magically it will appear in my life and God says that I can have it and so I hope that I will have it and we leave it to chance and joy is vital to your life. Like I will even say this, God wants you to live your life with joy. He wants you, I would even go so far as to say like a life without joy is a life that is wasted. God wants you to have joy. So I don't know where we came up with this idea that Christianity is this stodgy setback, like I am so depressed, but I'm depressed and have Jesus. Like, no, like God wants you to live your life with joy. You need to have it in your life. But I think so many times the challenge is still, how do I get it? How do I experience it in my life? How do I walk in it in my life? And maybe some of you are in that place right now. Maybe you, um, you came in here, with some challenges and you are facing some stuff in your life. And kind of like I said in that prayer, maybe there are some things that are looming very, very large in your life. And you are just weighed down and you're like, I, I don't know that I could ever experience joy in the situation that I'm in right now. And, and if that's you, we want to give you some hope in that today. Maybe you're on the opposite side, though. Maybe you're in here where life is good. You just got a promotion. You got a boat and you got a house and everything is fine. But yet you're still feeling like you're missing some joy in your life. And you're like, I don't understand it. I just got this promotion. We've got plenty. Like we are doing the best that we've ever done. But yet I still feel like I'm without joy. And I think so many times that we're, we're at this place where whatever's going on in our life, whether good or bad, we're still at this place of how do I experience joy? And what I want to talk with you today about is this. And I think maybe it's how to have a life full of joy. And I'll say it clearly once again, like God's desire for you is to live a life full of joy. 
That's God's desire for you. Uh, the way that the Bible talks about joy is you read through your Bible and what you'll see over and over and over is that it talks about being filled with joy and full of joy and that he will come and fill you. It's like this idea, this almost like a cup that has got joy to the brim. And that word that it talks about as being filled is like to the top, like that you are to the maximum capacity that you can have of joy. And that's what God wants you to experience in your life. But I'll just be honest, like, I don't think a lot of us experience that in our lives. I think we miss that so many times. And, I, and here's the problem that I think that we have, is I think that so many of us fail to experience the fullness of joy because we don't fully understand how it works and how to get it and how I begin to see it in my life and how do I walk in it. And, and that's me. I'll, like I said, I'll just be honest with you. I, I grew up um, in a Christian home, um, went to church. We, back then, we were going to church like three or four times a week. Um, and like all those getting sermons, I've listened to all podcasts. Like I, like I have probably in my life heard, um, I don't know, 200 sermons on joy. Like I've heard a lot of sermons on joy and they are great. And you know what's gonna be funny is when we were on vacation a few weeks ago, I thought, you know, we're going to the Christmas season. We're talking about ideas that have just become tradition. How do they actually work in our lives. And I thought, well, I should preach one on joy because we miss joy and I had a couple thoughts on it. And then I got to this week and I was like, how does joy work? Like I, I've heard all the sermons, I've walked through all the stuff and maybe they preached it well and I just didn't receive it well, but I feel like I missed it. And I was sitting there and I'm like, I, I don't, I understand that God wants to give me joy, but I don't understand how I walk in it. And so I wanna help you with that because I think that we've missed it. And I wanna begin and just say this. Uh, we're not talking about like a Mary Poppins bubbly bouncing off the wall, like that that's what joy is, is that you're like, hey, like you're a hype man all the time. Like, like that's not what we're talking about. That, now, if joy shows up in your life in that way, great. Like we all need two of those people in our lives. Not three, we need two. Like, and that's great. And if so, if that's for you, that's great. But what I want to talk to you about joy today is this, is that God wants you to have joy that fills your life. And, and then that mentality is this, is that it's a joy that is so present and full in your life that it begins to seep into everything. And it's this idea that it almost like transcends your life like a cloud, like it just lingers over your life. Now, a lot of us, uh, I think the challenge for us would be like, we'd look at that and think like, I don't know what that really looks like. Because we, for, for just being honest, like a lot of us, we don't have a good example of that. But we've, I think most of us have probably experienced the opposite or seen the opposite. Where somebody that, or maybe you, that walk through a worry or fear or depression or anxiety or, or one of those emotions. And how many you know, when you walk in those things, how it can just set over your life like a cloud. And it just kind of lingers. And then everything that you do is just kind of seen through that lens. And everything in your decisions and your relationships and your emotions, it may not be the most forward emotion that you're experiencing, but it kind of just lingers and sets over your life. I think we can all have seen that, know what that looks like. And I would tell you today this, is that joy, or that God wants you to have a joy that lingers. that sets over your life kind of like a cloud. It may not be the most forward thing that's always just bam out there, but it's this joy that's in your soul that sticks to your bones. And as you think and walk through your relationships, there's this undertone of joy that's still inside of your life that just lingers and it just sits in there. That's what we're talking about. That's what God wants you to have. 
God wants, what we see is in scriptures that God wants us to have a joy that, that lingers, that's not controlled by my circumstances, that it exists in the good times, and it also doesn't leave in difficulty. Joy that sits like that. Now, once again, I'll just be honest, we're at this point in the sermon, still sounds mystical. Still comes this idea, okay, like, great, God wants me to have joy sits over my life. How do we find that? How do we begin to see that in our lives? Let me give you really quickly, we'll go through two foundational principles that will help you understand joy. And then we'll begin to see how that works. And so first thing is this, is that the kind of joy that God wants you to have is a gift, not a reaction. The type of joy that God wants you to have is a gift, not a reaction. Now, this is vitally important that you get because what we think so many times is that joy is an emotion that is a reaction to my circumstances. And so what I, when we think that way, that it's a reaction, then my joy right, is dependent upon, are things good in my life? Are they down? And we are on this roller coaster of emotions of joy in our lives because it's a reaction to what I'm walking through. And what God tells us and what we're gonna see in scripture as we look at this is that, it's a gift, not a reaction. Foundational principle that if you don't capture this, you're not gonna get the rest of it today. It's a gift, not a reaction. When we read scripture, that's what we see. Let me show you a couple scriptures. Romans 15, 13. I think it says it so well. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, now notice what he says, that he will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Now, what does it say? That he will, that this is a thing that God does, that he fills you. It's not something that is a reaction to my circumstances, but it's something that God does inside of me. Galatians 5.22. Let me give you another one of these. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So this is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. What does he produce? He produces love, joy, patience, or patience. I don't know what patience is. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Right? But what is it? Something that the Holy Spirit produces. It's a gift. It's not something that, that I just have or that's a reaction to my smartness in the way that I live my life. But it's Something that the Holy Spirit does. Let me give you another one. Those are both teaching ones where they're, where they're teaching it. But then also we begin to see it not only there, but in the narrative that describes what actually happens. And I love this one in Acts 13, 52. It says, and the believers were filled that God gave them this with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, even farther along in 1 Thessalonians, it begins to talk that it is the joy of the Holy Spirit. That as he works in your life, that he fills you with joy. See, the concept of joy in the Bible is, is so countercultural to our idea of joy. Our mentality of joy is constantly this idea that, that it is something that as I do these right things or I find the right relationship or my life is going well or as I live in the right job and I get the right 401k or I get the right promotion, that then I will have joy. And so for a lot of us, we end up at this place where we're here and we have delayed joy in our lives because it's like when I get to that point, then I'll have joy in my life. I know where I'm at right now and I'm not there, but at that point is when I'm gonna experience joy because it's controlled by my circumstances. This is, this is what uh, gives us, and sometimes a drive that I'm always driving forward. And God says, I wanna fill you with joy, that it's a gift. It's not a reaction to what you're walking through. God says joy is something I give you, not a reaction. And this is the, I think the fundamental misunderstanding that so many of us have of joy that robs us of finding it in our lives. Because here's what we do, and I think this is helpful, is this, is we end up doing this, is that we look for moments of joy when the Bible calls us to walk with the source of joy. And that's kind of like a pastoral statement. Like you're like, okay, that's a very preacher line, but it's helpful 
you come to this point and think of it this way, what we do is we, we rummage in our lives trying to say, I hope I can find joy here. I hope that I can find a moment of joy here. I hope that I can find this here. Oh man, I hope my circumstances work out so I can have a piece of joy here. And the Bible says, no, what I'm trying to tell you is that you can walk and have the presence of the source of joy in your life. Man, and you don't have to just look for random moments, but you can be constantly filled. The word filled in the Bible isn't like a one-time filling idea. It's the idea of a continuous filling. And that's what God wants to do inside of your life. For those of you who have a good life, but you are, are still looking for joy and you are confused because you're like, I've always thought I would have joy when I got all these things lined up, right? And, but now I got them all lined up and I still don't, still not find it in my life. So you're confused. Maybe it's because you're looking for a reaction when God says, come and walk with me. I'll give you joy. We're looking for it in the wrong, what's that old line? Looking for love in all the wrong places, right? Maybe we're at this place where we're, looking for joy in all the wrong places. Uh, I think that's where we are. For those of you who are in it right now, like your life is like, maybe, and I'll just be honest, maybe we're coming into the Christmas season. And for some of you, I know there are some, there's some pockets of you in here that this season is hard for you to find joy in because this is a season where you have experienced loss and you're like, there's no way I could ever find joy in this season and you're in that place, I want to say today that this is a message of hope, that it's a gift. It's not a response to your reaction. And even in the place that you are and the emotions that you're feeling, that God can still find a way to give you and fill you with joy, even what you're walking through. Amen? The joy that God gives is, is not dependent on your circumstances because it's a gift, not a reaction. And that's good news for a couple of reasons. I think when we think about gifts, I'll give you two of these real quickly, uh, that, that it's a good reason. First one is this, is that a gift can be received in every circumstance, right? You think about a gift. A gift is something that uh, it doesn't matter what, what I'm walking through, that a gift can still be received. Uh, that's powerful. I think the one that actually gives me more hope is this one, is that a gift is dependent on the giver, not the receiver. Let me say that again. A gift is dependent on the wealth and the, the goodness and the kindness and the generosity of the giver, not on the receiver. And you may say, hey, I'm not fully at this place where I feel like I can all the way receive this and, and like I'm in the good news. It's not dependent on you. As you align yourself to what God's called you to do, he is the generous giver, full of joy. He is, I love what the Bible says, that it says that he is the God of joy. And he wants to give you joy. It's a gift that he can give you. So if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I don't know, this is making me a little tense because I'm walking through some stuff in my life, good news, it's not dependent on you. It's not dependent on you. It's a gift from God. Now, let's be honest, this point in the sermon still sounds mystical. It's a gift that God can give you. How do I get the gift? How do I begin to walk in it? And here's the big question that I would say, the question for us is, how do we receive God's gift of joy? How do we begin to receive that? And I would say that his, his bounty of joy to you is not dependent on you, but I will say this, that you still have some responsibility that you can walk in to receive his joy. 
And so I'm not going to lie to you up here, and I think this is where we mess up a lot of times, and I'll just say it's way easier to preach a sermon, and it doesn't take as much time for me to come up here and say, God will fill you with joy. Walk out of here. Let me pray for you to have God's joy in your life, and then just go, and it doesn't do you any good, and that's one of the reasons why we have a generation of kids and, uh, and growing up that are disillusioned with church is because we said a lot of platitudes and didn't give them a how to walk it out and how to understand it in their lives, and so when they didn't see it in their lives, then they say, well, this whole thing must not be real because I don't understand any of this and it's not working. And so I don't want to do that. I'm not going to lie to you and say, okay, you're a Christian. God's joy is in your life. Now just go. It's not honestly how it works. You have some responsibility in this. And I'll just say it. There is, we're just going to get real for a second. Is that all right? There's, there's just this wrong idea in American Christianity of, of just like reward without responsibility and benefits without responsibility, that, that there is nothing that you have to do to receive any of the, like, the goodness of God in your life. And I will say this, 100% true, when it comes to salvation, that God has saved you by faith, that it is not anything that you do, like 100%. Let me give you the gospel message, if you never heard the gospel message, is it was that you are broken in your sin, that you, have, that you have failures and sin, and that you are enemies with God, but he loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you in your place. And all you have to do is believe in him and put your faith in him and you will find salvation and eternity in him. And that is beautiful that he paid the penalty for your sins. That way you can live the life that he deserved. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. That's the grace message. But the problem that we walk into so many times is that we've applied that to every benefit of God in our lives. And it's not true. It's kind of like this. If you say, I want God to bless my marriage. Right? And you say, oh, how do you get God to bless your marriage? Well, you begin to walk like God's called you to, as, I, as I love my wife and as, I, as I've been faithful to her and I care for her and I give her the grace that God has given me and I begin to do those things. I mean, God begins to bless my marriage. But how many of you know it would be idiotic for me to come and say, I want God to bless my marriage. And so now I'm going to go cheat on my wife and I'm going to treat her terribly. I'm never going to have any grace. I'm never going to have any mercy. I'm not going to do any of the things that God called me to do, but God bless it. Like we look at that and say it's dumb and we understand that. But I think sometimes we do this with the rest of the things in our lives too. And I would tell you that joy, you have some responsibility. That you have some responsibility to walk in it. Let me show you a scripture, Romans 15, 13. I think this is helpful. It says, I pray that, this is a scripture we read earlier. I pray that God, the source of hope, now notice he says, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. There's some responsibility. Now, cool news, this isn't like 85 bars that you gotta hop over and it doesn't say you've gotta be, you've gotta have your life perfectly figured out and you gotta have everything down and you've gotta be a model Christian and then God will fill you with joy because you're, no. But there is responsibility where it says you trust in him. As you trust in him, as you walk in, some of your translations may say it doesn't have the word because it may say in believing or in trusting in him. And that word there in is what they would call like a, a instru- instrumental um, a preposition there. And the idea is that it is this that makes this happen as you begin to do that in your life. And I think that is so incredibly important that we, we have some responsibility that we trust in him. Now, Still sounds a little bit difficult. How do I trust in him? Well, what I love about Jesus is that Jesus takes this idea a little farther by describing what a joy-giving trust looks like. And so in John 15, 
And Jesus is in what we call the farewell discourse. So this is the moment where Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's having his last moment with the disciples. He's beginning to teach them and he teaches them about what hope and, and all these things look like and joy. And he begins and he, and he be, it starts talking to them for a little while. There's this section and he talks about abiding in him, that you're knowing God, that, that Jesus knew his father and he abided in his father and he's called you now to, to abide in in him. And then it says to beyond that, then it goes in and it says, now as you abide in him, you, you share this love and you follow his commandments. And then after all of these things, it comes to this line in John 15, 11, that I think is so beautiful. It says, I have told you these things so that, so these are the things I've told you this, so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Saying, I, I've told you this, this is how you find joy in your life as you begin to do these things. Uh, so we'll break that down. We're gonna get a little more into John 15, but let me tell you this, the pathway of joy, and I, I think this is gonna be helpful as we go into this. The pathway of joy is this, knowing God, walking with God, and obeying God. Knowing God, walking with God, obeying God. He says, come and abide in me, know me, walk with me, and obey me, and I, I we'll show these. So first thing is this, is that joy comes into your life by knowing God. Joy comes into your life by knowing God. There is no greater path to joy than knowing your creator. The one who created, like literally, if we just pause here. The God of the universe wants to know you. The God who created you, who put desires in you, who, who created you, he wants to know and have relationship with you. You begin to have joy as you know God, as you know his graces, you know that you are not alone. I love the way Psalm 1611 says it, and it says it so beautifully. It says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. As we know God, as we walk with him, that we have a joy inside of our lives. If you want to know anything about Grace Hills, I will tell you, number one core value that we have of all of our core values, number one is this, is that we want you to know God beyond anything. Like that's where we start at, is we want you to have a relationship with God. This isn't about you coming in here and just being taught. Uh, everything that we are pointing you to is a relationship with the God of the universe. And we feel like everything else flows from that. And that's the beginning of joy is this moment where you know God and knowing him. And when you know God, you begin to trust him because you know who he is. You, you know his care for you. You know who he is and it impacts you and you begin to trust him with your past. I think about us so many times, so many of you are lacking joy in your life because you know your history, you know what you've been, you know the things that you failed and it weighs on you and it's this, this weight that you carry and you don't find joy in your life because of your past. But as you begin to know Jesus and you know his salvation and you know that he forgave you as you put your faith in him, that he forgave you of that and that he's more concerned with your future than he is your past, and it begins to change everything. You begin to be filled with joy. Not only does it, it give you joy in your past, but it gives you joy in your present. Sometimes we walk through our present circumstances and we are just at this place where it's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to, I don't know how to process this. I don't know how to walk through this. I got some things going on. But as you know God and you realize the God of the universe is with me, that he is on my side, that he is leading me, that he is guiding me, it gets you a place to where you can be filled with joy, even in the present circumstances. Amen? Amen. It even gets you an idea of joy for the future. 
And this is the one where I, I, like, I can tough it through in like the middle ground, like what I'm going through right now. Joy in the future, trying to think of like, where could this go? What's going to happen? That can be the challenging one sometimes. But as we know God and know that my future is held by a God who loves me, who cares about me, who is all powerful. Man, that's powerful to bring joy into your life and rest in your life. We have joy as we know him. But not only this, secondarily, as you know him, this is where the scripture really comes in, is joy comes into your life, not only by knowing him, but by walking with God. This is what John gets at when he says over and over, he says, abiding with God. I abide in my Father. I want you to abide in us. This whole idea of abiding with him. I'll say it this way, and I think maybe this might help you, is this, is that you will find the greatest joy in your life as you follow God with your life. You will find the greatest joy in your life as you uh, follow God with your life. So once again, how do we demystify this? I think if you follow the logic of this, it's helpful. I'll pop this up here. Simple logic. God created you. Like you were literally created by God. He knows what you, <laughs> he knows what, what makes you tick. He knows what brings you happiness. He knows, what, he knows what he created you to do. He knows the gifts that he gave you. Like he put all of these things, orchestrated this all in you. God created you. He knows you, knows every part of your being, knows how you think, knows how you process, knows all of these things. And he wants to fill you with joy. So if he created me, he knows me, and he wants to fill me with joy. As I walk with him, how do you know he's gonna lead me to where brings places that bring joy in my life, Amen. That's why it's so important to walk with God. As we abide in him, man, you will find joy never ceasing inside of him as you walk with him. Uh, this is, I've told this story before, but it's so foundational in our life. Like this was one of the things that Casey and I decided early when we were dating, we were realizing things were starting to get a little serious. And I had a conversation with her and I said, hey, I, I can't promise you where we're gonna live, what we're gonna make, what we're gonna do. I, I, I don't know all of these things. And I said, but I can promise you one thing is that we'll go wherever God wants us to go. We'll do whatever God wants us to do. And I said, I truly believe like in that place, we'll find joy and peace and rest and happiness because we know that God is good that he wants those things for us. He doesn't want to withhold these things. And so we, we, we found our life on that, and it's been so true that as we walk with God, there's a miraculous lingering joy that he's brought into our life. And I'll tell you, it's not all been easy. There's been some situations where we're like, God, did you forget about us? God, what's going on in this situation? What in the world are you thinking, God? Uh, like I knew better than he did. But yet, even in walking through these situations, walking through these challenges, God was still able to give us joy and lead us to joy in our lives. You'll be filled with the greatest joy in your life as you know God and you walk with him. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And then third thing is this, is that we see, is that you will find joy as you obey God. Uh, what I love in this scripture, and I would challenge you, go read all of John 15 at some point. Um, and you'll begin to see this. But what I love is that he doesn't hide this idea of obedience. Um, uh, sometimes we hide it, and we try to, try to make everything just about relationship. But he says, no, as you walk in obedience and you follow me, you're going to find joy. Here's what he says, John 15, 10. I think it's helpful. He says, when you obey me, obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So he's saying here, he's like, look, I obeyed my Father, 
And I want you to obey just like I obeyed my father. And then notice what he says. He says, as I obeyed, and then go on. The rest of the he says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled. Now notice he says, with my joy. He's saying, as I, as I obeyed my father, it filled me with joy. And I'm telling you to obey and it will fill you with the same type of joy. And he says, yes, your joy will overflow. He's saying, as you walk with God, as you know God, as you abide in him and you obey him, he leads you to these places of joy. And I love what Jesus does. He says, I obeyed it. And the implicit idea here that we see in this is that God's commands are for your good. The God's commands are for your joy and your flourishing. We have this dumb idea sometimes uh, that where in American Christianity, sometimes where we'll come to this idea where we apologize for God's commands. And we're like, oh, I, we know this is hard, but, but it'll be good. Like this is, this is the challenge. This is what God's word. We try to apologize for some of these things. And then we try to make people feel good about following. And I would tell you, we got to stop that at all and realize that all of God's commands are for our good. When God leads us in his word, it's not to put these boundaries on us to try to keep us in line because he's this, this domineering person who just wants to keep us in line. But he's a good father who's saying, I'm giving you these instructions to call you into the joy and the peace and the good life that I called for you. Amen. And that's the, that's the change that we've got to make is realizing that all of God's commands and all of his directions are for my joy. What we see in scripture is this, and I think I summarized it very simply. Obey God, because all that he tells us leads to joy. All of his commands leads us to a place of joy in our lives. All this comes down to this idea, and I think maybe this is helpful, is who, who knows me and what I need and what will bring me joy more, me or God? It's very easy, right? It's very easy when we're talking about obeying God. When me and God are aligned, like it's real easy. Like I'm like, oh yeah, God, I will obey you and everything. But there will be a time where obedience is a little challenging, right? And there's a, there's a difference where I kind of want to go this way, but I know what God says is this way. Where somebody hurt me and I want to lash out. And I know that God says that to, to treat people with kindness, and that I know that what he's called me to do is still to speak truth with grace and to let him fight my battles for me. But golly, man, I want to fight it out. Do I trust that God's way is better and it's going to lead me to more joy and peace and rest in my life? Or do I say, nah, this is what I want to do? And it comes down to the thing of like, do I think I know better? Do I think I know how to find peace more? Or does that God actually know? I think that's a question you got to ask yourself and come to a point when this is the fundamental question of obedience is, am I smarter or is God smarter? Do I know me more or does God know me more? Is God more faithful and more good or am I more faithful and good? Every question I look at that and I say, man, God, God beats me by leaps and bounds. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. What does that trust look like? It's having joy in the midst of anything. Here's where you will find joy is you know God and you walk with him and obey him and trust him with your life. You'll find joy. What does it look like? Well, I'll give you a couple examples. It's like when you're experiencing loss, death around you, and yet there's still a joy in your life because you trust that death is not the end and that Jesus has defeated death. And even though it is hard, because you miss somebody and you love them, that there's still an underlying joy because you know this is not the end. 
Amen? That's a hard one. And I, I want to preach a sermon on death at some point, but like, I'll just be honest. Like we, have, we have the complete wrong mindset of death. God has a totally different view of death than we do. And uh, I'll just leave it there that we, we are so finite in our minds that we think everything in our life is wrapped up in this 80 years that we live here on earth. Now, and I want to say, it doesn't mean that you do not mourn. It's not this joy that's bubbling up and that you're just over here and I'm just so happy about everything, right? It's not this happiness that just is surface level, but it's that even in the midst of loss, that God is still able to fill me with this underlying joy. Amen. Trust looks like this. It's like even when I face conflict, that I can still have joy, even in the midst of conflict, because I know that God is my defender, that I don't have to actually carry the weight of like of repercussions on me. Like God says that he will avenge me, that he will defend me, that he will protect me. And I don't have to carry all this weight and I trust him with that. And so even in the midst of conflict, there's still this like undergirding joy that happens in my life. That even in the midst of fear that I'm, that I'm okay and I can still have joy because I know that I have the God of the universe on my side and as I trust him and I believe in him that I can still have some joy even in the midst of a fearful thing because I know who is on my side. It's, it's even as you walk through personal circumstances, maybe you're like in a season of like singleness and you're walking through it and, you, and that is a place that robs so many people of joy, but you can come to the place that I know that God has plans for me my life and that he is directing me and that he is good. And even in this midst of this place that maybe I don't want to be in this moment, that God's still good. And I trust him. And I trust him in that. That's where joy comes from. Maybe you lost your job and it's a place where you can come and still have joy even in that because you say, I know that, that God is my provider and he may have provided for me through that job at that moment, but I know that job and those people and that was not my provider, that God is my provider and I could still have joy in the midst of this circumstance because I know that I still have the God of the universe on my side and I trust him, amen. That's where we begin to have joy. It goes beyond our circumstances. And I'll just be honest, that's the person that I want to be. I want to be a person that no matter what is thrown at me, that, that there's a joy that lingers in my life. I've known a few people, not a lot, a few people in my life that have been like that. And they're the people that you say, I don't know what it is, but there is something different about them. And I want to be like them. And that's what God wants you to be. I, he wants to fill you with joy. And once again, let me just say this. He wants to fill you with joy. It's not a random one-time event that he wants to do, but he wants to continually bring it into your life. We can have a joy that lingers like a cloud when I know that God, I know God and I walk with him and I obey him and I trust him. Romans 15, 13, one more time. It says, I pray that, the God, that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope for the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer for you. That joy will not be a mystical idea that is a reaction that sometimes you're able to experience, but that it becomes a regular part of your life, it becomes ingrained in who you are. Amen? So trust him. How does it come? Trust. Walk with him. Know him. Obey him. That's all wrapped up in trusting him. As you do, 
God will do miraculously in your life what you could not do yourself. Amen. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you that you are the God of joy. That joy is not found in our circumstances. It's not found in our abilities. It's not found in what we are, but it's found in you. God, I thank you that because it's a gift that we can have it. God, I just pray for people in here today that walked in here with heavy hearts, that walked in here, and as we even approached the topic of joy, it was hard. God, I pray that joy will not be a hard thing anymore, but that it'll be a common occurrence in life. That as we walk with you, as we follow you, as we obey you, it'll stop being this weird idea, but it'll be a descriptor of our relationship with you. So God, I pray that you will just lead us to your joy. We thank you for that today. We thank you. You're good. In Jesus' name, amen.